hello, friends, and welcome to Trottle Power Presents Power Playthroughs Project with Trottle Power. I'm your host, Trottle Power, and this is the podcast where we play games in a powerful way, except for today. It's not today. It is a podcast where we're talking to uh, the creators of a new game, Aslan Tears of the Earth. Um, I do have some audio recording of me playing the game that's going to be at the end of this, so you'll be able to hear a little bit of my live first impressions as we play it. But for now, we're going to chat for a bit with Matt Cap and John LePage, the creators of the game. So Matt, why don't you say hi so people know which voice is yours? Hello, this is my voice. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and John, how about you? <laughs> hey, how are you doing? I am doing well. I hope you are both doing well as well. I was going to say this morning, but I guess it's not actually morning for either of you, is it? It's evening. Uh, well, yeah, time-wise for me, it's uh, early afternoon, but uh, okay. for me specifically, it's morning. Uh, I wake up late. <laughs> I am a vampire. That's fair. I used to be, and then I had a child, and now I don't know <laughs> yeah. what sleep is. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Aslan is it's a it's a really fun game. There is a a demo out there, so I hope a lot of people have had a chance even before this is going to come out. Like I told you guys before we started, uh, when the game is out. So, if you're hearing this, you can go get the game now. But there's also a demo out there, and I think the demo is available pretty much everywhere on every platform and every region at this point, isn't it? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think it's uh, Steam and Switch right now. Oh, um, okay. I, I, I'm not sure about the other platforms. Um, but I yeah, I think it's just those two. See, that's on me for not researching properly. I, <laughs> I'm Switch primary. Like, I have an Xbox, I have a PlayStation, I have a PC, but Switch is my home. And so I was like, <laughs> yeah, there's a demo. Everybody's got it, right? Um, cool. Well, I think before we get into um, some kind of questions about you guys and your your process for making this game uh i'm hoping if you can give uh kind of an elevator pitch for for what the game is from your perspective hmm. okay so uh it's it's a retro exploration action game um where you switch between three characters uh and you go through like room by room in a, a kind of a metroidvania style um yeah i, I mean it's it's not really groundbreaking, uh, but it does feel very different. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 a weird it's a weird combination of of things that aren't aren't the things that I would say that um, most developers uh, choose first when they start like taking inspiration. Um, maybe something along the lines of uh, Mega Man and Fexanadu, or Fazanadu. Uh, for the pronunciation oh, people. <laughs> I don't know that one, but Mega Man was what I came to. Like when I first looked at it, I had strong Castlevania vibes. Like I was like, okay, this is gonna feel like playing, you know, a Castlevania or Metroidvania game. But the actual moment to moment gameplay has a lot more, I think, in common with the Mega Man games than yeah. than Castlevania. Right. And uh I wouldn't even say that that was uh deliberate. It just kind of went in that direction naturally as we worked on it. Um, but yeah, like it doesn't really feel like Mega Man either. Like it, it just, it feels, uh, like I'm, I'm happy that it kind of like carved out its own feel, mm -hmm. uh, as we developed it. Um, anyway, I'm not really great at elevator pitches. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I that's a tough thing right. to do. Yeah. yeah I, 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 it's a, it's a Mega Man like game, uh, with a lot of exploration and uh, a lot more lore. Uh, to mm -hmm. discover. Um, you kind of explore the game and the world uh, as a Metroidvania kind of. Yeah, it's kind of similar in a way. Um, 
but you're absolutely right. You have this uh, room by room action that's more like a kind of a chill, nervous Megaman vibe thing. <laughs> I would say something like that. Yeah, like it's it. not a roguelite. It's not. It's not. Which so <laughs> many games are these days. Um, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I think, so part of the hook of the game is that you get upgrades when you die. And when I first saw that, I immediately thought roguelite, but yeah. it's not like the, the world is persistent. It's not randomly generated. It's clearly handcrafted. Um, it's just that like your character levels up when you die. And I think that's, that's a cool system that when I first saw it looked like roguelite to me, but, but the gameplay yeah. definitely doesn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. um, what are, can you give me a rundown on kind of what each of your roles in the game are? Um, yeah, so I, I was the, the lead artist, designer, um, and composer of music, uh, and John? Uh, yeah, I'm the lead developer, so basically I do all the coding, uh, all the technical stuff, and I work, uh, to basically, uh, come up with gameplay system ideas and make them exist inside the game. Awesome. So Matt kind of makes makes the stuff and you make the stuff actually do something, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it comes up with, with all those great, crazy things and I have to make them work in, in some <laughs> way or not. <laughs> that's, that's the fun part of it, right? Is here, I've made a thing. Can you make it do something cool now? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, yeah. Especially with Matt. He has some <laughs> very cool ideas. One of them was the, the death system. And it was really interesting to implement that into the game and make it work as best as we could. Because it's, it's exactly what you would expect from something procedurally generated. And then turning it into something linked to the story, linked to the mm -hmm. world, and, and uh, linked to a... a that gameplay was really, really interesting. Yeah, I like the way that that the story does hook around there. You actually get a lot of the story as you play through the game through those death scenes and through, basically, if you haven't looked at this game yet, there's three characters and one of them is like very aware of what's happening with the characters dying and coming back. And the others, as far as I've gotten into it yet, which is not terribly far, are like, becoming aware of what's happening and that's kind of where the story is is unfolding is through those deaths which i've suffered a lot of i don't know if i'm bad <laughs> at this game or if this game is difficult but I'm, i've died a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah that, i mean that, that's okay yeah <laughs> yeah it's in the flow of the game die is not that important in astronaut that that's what's cool uh, yeah. i usually die a lot too uh but since it has this uh kind of chill. I, I, I always describe Asalon as something chill to do. Like you have to have the reflexes and to, you have to dodge stuff and, and kill enemies, but you can do it at your own pace. And, and that, that was really uh, an emphasis for us. And actually dying, that's what's interesting with, with Matt's idea of death in that game. Uh, dying is part of the game uh, and empowers you to to keep going so yeah you can die a lot and it's not important we don't even track how many times you die that's how much uh non-important dying is <laughs> the more important stuff is um uh, getting better uh, improving your characters and learning more about the world yeah and exploring like every little nook and cranny and corner of the tower 
Um, yeah, part of the, <clears throat> excuse me, um, part of what we wanted to do with this game uh, was to allow players to play, um, like, like play as they want. Um, so, like, with with the inclusion of like three characters, uh, as well as like different ways to upgrade and like advance. Um, yeah, like some players will use the death mechanic and save up orbs and upgrade their their characters like that. Other players are going to use like try to improve their skills and get further and further. Other players are going to look for items to strengthen their characters. So it's uh, it, it's kind of cool. Like players can play however they'd like, or, or like and uh, and still be able to like get further and further in the game. I I ran into that in my in my playthrough so far. I'm I'm just past the first boss, which like okay. I said, not terribly far into it, and it's mm -hmm. taken me like three hours of gameplay to get there, which I think is probably more than it's supposed to, but. <laughs> Part of that, I think, is that when I got to that first boss, I was like, all right, it's boss time, let's go. And I just kept uh, going straight to the boss. I, I had figured out through through a couple other things, like a shortcut to get to the boss almost yep. immediately when I died. Mm -hmm. And I just kept fighting him over and over again and like kept almost beating him. And then eventually I was like, you know, this game has, it's basically got an RPG system running on the back end with the way that I can upgrade my character. <laughs> so right, yeah. I decided to to do a little grinding. I just, mm -hmm. you know, kept running the path through the castle to collect orbs. And in doing so, I found uh, the bestiary and yeah. got about 400 orbs for, for just messing with that for a little bit. I found mm -hmm. a room with uh, some glowy red faces in the wall, got a couple, <laughs> or I think I got an item from that, and then yeah. found two different holes in the wall that were just like little hidden rooms that were full mm -hmm. of orbs. And so I went thinking I was gonna have to grind for a while to collect orbs. Yeah. And instead in like two runs through, I was suddenly super rich and could really <laughs> uh, upgrade my character. And then the boss was no problem. Well, it was still- Ex Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there's some um, there's some fun uh, to be had when you break a game. Um, mm -hmm. So like, I mean, like not with bugs and stuff, but uh, if you can like exploit a game system to get more powerful, uh, it's it's a fun thing to do, you know. So, uh, yeah. I, I think with Astalon, we, we set it up in a way that if players can discover these ways to get stronger and get overpowered, uh, they'll they'll be pretty happy about that. Like it's it's a it's really fun. Um, I yeah. think I think that mindset fits especially well with retro games. I've I've been playing this as well of a couple more um, computer games that are kind of like early 90s computer games lately yeah and i feel like when i'm playing something that feels like it's from that era finding mm -hmm. a way to break the game a little bit feels like right because i remember playing like <laughs> castlevania games where you figure out oh if i stand in this one corner of the boss room he can't hit me at all and that like <laughs> exactly that was schoolyard stuff you know you would tell your friends you found a, a way to beat a boss in Mega Man or something like that and so finding yeah. things like that in this feels really good like I, I wanted to go tell people when I found this hidden room, like there, there's just yeah. this room that'll give you like 400 orbs for nothing, but I can't <laughs> tell anybody yet, but. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, you, you have to be the first one to beat the game and then you can tell them. Yeah, we'll That's see. Like I said, it's taken rule. me about three hours to beat the first <laughs> boss. So um, I'm definitely gonna, because it's fun. And mm. I, I think I'm like a quarter of the way through based on what I can see of the map so far, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I do want to talk about the map and the exploration and stuff, though, because that's where this breaks from the the Metroidvania side of things a little bit. Is that looking at the map screen, you would think this was a Metroidvania game, except that at least as far as I've gotten so far, you're not getting abilities that let you access new areas. So occasionally, for me playing a Metroidvania game, it can be kind of frustrating where I'm like, 
okay, I found a spot where I know there's a cool thing, but because I don't have a double jump yet, I can't get there. And mm -hmm. I haven't come across anything like that in your game yet. The closest, I guess, is coming across a locked door, but then I'm just like, cool, now I'm on the hunt for a key. So I yeah. think that, that the exploration actually works really well in it for me, maybe even more than a lot of Castlevania or Metroidvania type games I've played. Hmm, cool. <laughs> Um, I dig it. Um, let's see. Let's talk a little bit about your your background. So um, the, the first thing I'm curious about is kind of how you two came together on this project. I think it's really interesting with, with smaller games like this, how the team and then the publisher comes mm -hmm. together. So I'm curious what the history was there. Okay, well, yeah, I'll, I'll start. I'll start. <laughs> okay, um, go ahead. So <laughs> when I started this game, uh, actually, it, it went through like like three different uh, prototypes. And at that point I was working by myself on it. Uh, and it was supposed to be like a, like a side project. I, I really wanted to like make Asalon as I was working on Castle in the Darkness 2, uh, mm -hmm. which is in development currently. Um, but I don't know, like I just, I couldn't, I, I couldn't find like the right like feel for the game or the, the right like art style. It just, it kind of looked like it was a, you know, like a half baked idea. Um, okay. But then, at one point, I, I kind of came up with like the look that that you see in the game now, um, and I posted a trailer online. And I that's oh that's when I unveiled Labsworks, which is uh, like the game dev team that that you know that's working right now on Astalon and Castle in the Darkness too. Um, and I got an email from a certain John LePage, <laughs> and. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it on to you now, John. You can <laughs> take it from there. Man, it was so long ago. Um, yeah, so basically I was uh, I was on my own too uh, for years. So I had done uh, some games, some software for the company. Um, and me, personally, I was at that point where, uh, yeah, okay, I, I'm fine doing stuff on my own, uh, but having no one to discuss ideas to brainstorm to to come up with new uh, exciting ways to do, do things was a bit frustrating uh, so i was on the hunt uh, to get together with other people on into interest for project I, I was at that point my quote unquote career uh, so and then like i think it was january 1st uh 2018, I was following Matt because he had done this very cool game called uh, Castle in the Darkness uh, that was really in my um, like my style of game I play and games I enjoy. Uh, really nervous, really quick. Um, you had to really, yeah, it was a game I really enjoyed. And I was following him on Twitter. And then someday, mentioned um, kind of looking for other people to spend together basically um, mm -hmm. and I figured yeah the first thing I, uh, I asked myself was why isn't Castle in the Darkness uh, on all platforms uh, it's a really <laughs> cool game um, it's published by a big company uh, uh, it, it's an indie stuff and it could really blow up uh, and uh, so I kind of messaged Matt uh, to because he had posted uh, Astalon like small sample of uh, sprites and stuff and I really mm -hmm. dig his art style uh, because I think Matt has this pixel art um, 
art style, but really personal, really uh, kind of old school, but with a new way of including uh, uh, anime style characters, for example, well, uh, kind of horror uh, elements here and there, creepy stuff, and, and it was really And I figured, yeah, why not? Uh, it, he seems nice. I don't know what's the team's status right now, uh, but let's uh, send him a message uh, and see where things are. And I, I told him, yeah, if you're looking for someone, I'm available. I'm available. I'm, um, I do that kind of stuff uh, and I have that experience. And uh, I really, really like to meet new people and work on interesting projects with smart people that can make cool games. That was all my main things uh, I wanted to do. Um, and we went back and forth a bit. Uh, and at one point, for fun, uh, I wondered how, how fast could I do Castle and Duck? Like the, the same gameplay prototype, how fast? It was a personal like um, ex experience, experiment. Um, mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, okay, uh, here's a prototype I've done in a week. I think it's really cool. Uh, let me know what, what you think. And I feel <laughs> like it had a really good impact on him uh, because <laughs> yes, in the following days <laughs> we talked more. We talked about Astalon specifically, and we 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 started bonding and sharing experience. And it it all started there in March, uh, I guess between January and March 2018. Uh, and we've been together since then. We've, we've not let go of each other. We work together really well. <laughs> been a really intense, uh, really longer than expected experience, but it means it's really cool uh, to be able to find a partner that you can like improve with and do cool stuff with. I dig that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I really like collaborating. I, I kind of live online and have a lot of people online that I collaborate with and, and just like you said, having somebody just kind of bounce ideas off of and stuff, I think is such an important thing. So that's awesome. And so it, if I heard you correctly, you broke up just a little bit there, but I think basically what you were saying is that your like application was that you kind of made a made a spinoff of Castle in the Darkness on your own. And that was kind of how you applied to work with Matt. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we exchange a few emails and then at some point I, I told him, yeah, look at that. <laughs> Let me know what you what you think. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. And <laughs> I really, I really tried to replicate the, the the feel that he had because I know that for Matt, even at that time, I knew that it, what was important for him was the controls and the, the feel of the character and being able to to do what you want in the game and not the the, the thing not being clunky and not being uh, uh, stuck everywhere and I, and I really tried it I, I surprised myself because I, I did it really quickly and at first yes <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. was a pleasant surprise for Matt too yeah, uh, and yeah yeah I mean... that was it basically uh, anyway uh, I just want to say that like it was uh like all like almost one-to-one -one with Castle in Darkness like like John nailed it uh he didn't like I mean he didn't port <laughs> the whole game in a week obviously but uh it was no, like, yeah. the, like the first section um but yeah, at that point, yeah, I was up like, to the okay. first boss. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> oh man, and, that's uh, such a good way to be like, look, I I can do this. I promise. Look, I did yeah, it. Here's yeah. the thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and, then, and it, it wasn't it wasn't like uh, okay, see, I can do the same thing as you do. You're useless. It wasn't like that. It was really yeah. 
I enjoy your game. I, I really think uh, it's a it's a great uh, small system, uh, and it's it was really fun to do, uh, and I'd like to do more of it. <laughs> and then when that when uh, when he sent me that, I remember like my first questions were, like, wow, like you you like nailed this, but how hard is it for you to add stuff that was missing in the in the original game, like like a map system, you know, <laughs> proper inventory and all that? And then John was just like, yeah, no problem, no problem. And then and then I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm kind of just like just like sick of working on Castle Darkness because you know that 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 was in the past, and I had this new thing going, and I said, well, why don't we just like take what you did here and and run with it, uh, and and we'll we'll make Astalon together, and then that's what ended up happening. Um, John solved like every technical issue that that I threw his way, uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, like, and, yeah. Kept, it's, it, it's he kept great. sending me stuff too, like can you do this and can you do the, do that, and I, I knew that he was expecting that those <laughs> things to happen, uh, and I knew that if they didn't, then maybe would go another way so i, I tried to <laughs> do my best and uh, basically yeah we 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 understood that we worked well together yeah that's awesome i love it um let me get dig a little bit into f further into your backgrounds i assume you both grew up playing video games based on how faithfully this feels like an old school nes game right yeah 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 for sure we're i'm so my my curiosity i I'm not really a console war person. Like I told you, my the Switch is like my home system, but I don't have any animosity towards other systems. But back in the 90s, we did. I was a Nintendo household. And so I'm curious, oh, yeah. were you guys Nintendo or Sega, or did you not really care <laughs> about that? 100% uh, Nintendo for me. Um, mm. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I'm sorry to say that when I was a kid, I kind of kind of hated Sega. Um, yep, me too. <laughs> but but only because, like, like, the kids at school that had Sega systems were... Uh, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to swear on your show, but <laughs> you can swear. Jerks. It's fine. <laughs> uh, there were assholes. Uh, yeah, there, there were some assholes that I grew up with. Um, it's. It was always the Sega kids that started it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm that's so right. sorry that's for right. you guys. I, I yeah. did have a Sega. <laughs> oh, I had a Mega Drive, but actually, <laughs> I had. Like, I really enjoyed. Uh, as soon as I could play games and everything, so I actually had an NES. Uh, Super mm -hmm. NES and uh, Mega Drive, like Sega Genesis. Uh, but in Europe, maybe it was a bit different. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how the, those companies uh, came came into the market, but right. we we kind of had both, uh, and I really enjoyed uh, every system. Like I, 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 even the possible console, like the, the Game Boy and the Neo Geo, we used to call mm -hmm. it. Um, everything like i played everything i wanted to try everything because there were great games on all platforms and i still do uh, the only one i've never been on is the xbox because i feel like playstation and xbox really overlap uh, they do plus yeah, yeah nowadays xbox is really just uh, uh xbox game pass and if mm -hmm. you have that on your pc you don't really need the console so I never went the Xbox way, but I always went all the way. And I managed to go to friends uh, that had the N64 uh, if I didn't. Uh, mm -hmm. And we we were bringing the, the GameCube at my place to play all weekend and stuff like that. So I really, really tried to play everything, I think. Basically, yeah. they are all, all interesting. 
Yeah, and well, you know, I can say now, um, I, I'm not, I, I don't hate Sega. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, despite how my, my story began. Um, We've all grown, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. And and basically, like, at some point you realize, especially as, like, a game developer, uh, that there's so many cool games on, on all retro mm. platforms. Uh, and then discovering that, like, like this, this, like, like, undiscovered, like, pile of, like, cool inspiration uh, existed at some point. Uh, it's, it's, like, really cool to look back on. So I, I'm looking back at like uh like like sega now neo geo especially uh that's like kind of how i wish nintendo went after like after super nes it would have been awesome if they made like a, a cd based like mostly 2d sprite based console yeah um but yeah like n64 i actually wasn't that big of a fan of um i but i i, I did get a dreamcast yeah the 3d switch was something yeah it was, it was jarring <laughs> yeah for someone yeah. that you know who who made a like a life out of pixel art at this point you know um yeah. but but yeah like uh I, I went the playstation route at some point and same thing with xbox uh i i probably would get an xbox um but there's a lot of overlap just as john said um, yeah plus so, yeah. we're a fan of final fantasy so it's kind of <laughs> playstation all the way yeah it's just the way it That's, is i I am becoming a fan of Final Fantasy. I've played through six, seven, and eight in the past two years, mm. and and I have an Xbox Series X, and I don't have a PlayStation Five, and I'm that might be what pulls me back over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, how about um, these days? One, well, branching not necessarily just into out, excuse me, branching outside of just video games. One of the things we talk about on the the Geek to Geek uh, Media Network is we talk about our weekly geekery, which is just whatever thing you've been geeking out about lately. And I know obviously you are both pretty busy with uh, with the game right now, but do you have anything mm -hmm. else you've been geeking out on in the past week? Let's Matt, why don't you go first here? I'll actually like try and host this instead of having to talk over each other. <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, well, here, let me think. Uh, I, I, I'm a workaholic, so I don't okay. even play games that much anymore. Like it, it's more like I'll try something and I'll just like get back to like making something. Um, mm -hmm. I bought I bought near uh, Replicant, the, mm -hmm. the the one for PS4, um, the remake or remaster, whatever it is. Uh, and I haven't really had much of a chance to play it, but I'm really looking forward to getting Aslan out of the way and diving like headfirst into that. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, anything you've been watching or reading or cooking or anything like that? Hmm. No, <laughs> not really. Uh, it's like e eggs every day almost. Um, yeah, what, what have I Basically, been watching? Yeah. Yeah. Matt is really working hard right now. Yeah. We, we kind of switched. Uh, for three years, I, I was head first into the game <laughs> and couldn't get out. And I missed on so many games and stuff. Uh, and then the weird thing happened a couple weeks ago when my work suddenly became really quiet. <laughs> Uh, hoping, fingers crossed, that nothing was breaking or game breaking anymore <laughs> in the game. Um, and my schedule uh, freed up to play mm -hmm. games and stuff. And Matt's schedule, schedule to uh, became really clogged with music for the game, with artwork oh, sure. for the game, with interviews, with uh, tweet, tweet, Twitter stuff and, and stuff like that. So I do understand where he's coming from uh, when, <laughs> yeah. when he says he, he does all about the game <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's manageable I, I mean i'm not i'm not like going nuts here there's no like i don't, I don't feel like i'm in like super crunch time that like sure. people on the internet like condemn you know uh it just 
seems like there's a lot to do and I'm just like yeah. knocking off one thing at a time and then more stuff gets added to the list every day. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that there's a difference between crunch, like we hear about with AAA developers and crunch when you're, you're kind of doing your own thing. So it's, it's self-imposed crunch at that point. It's slightly better. Uh, yeah, yeah but... we, we've never done crunch. <laughs> we, we've worked on the game intensely and sometimes a, a couple hours here and there during the weekend. Mm -hmm. But like it, the game took three years, also because we're uh, reasonable people, and uh, <laughs> I I have a family too. I have a kid, and I have to take care of him. Uh, and crunch for me isn't an option. Uh, we're yeah. not in a triple A studio. We don't have uh, that kind of uh, pressure because crunch comes from pressure, from mm -hmm. uh, rentability, from you have to make money out of your uh, game. Um, it's not that we don't want to make money out of the game it's part of the the deal basically um but if we were if we really wanted to get it out of the way and only get the money out uh, our way uh we would have crunched and finished it in maybe a year uh right. but for us at least for me but i think matt uh, feels the same way it wasn't an option it was That's good i'm glad that y'all have have kept yourselves healthy rather than than pushing yeah to i think it's that really important really yeah. important especially nowadays uh, and i'm really glad to see uh, more and more people uh for once for one uh, starting to come out about crunch in bigger studio and mm -hmm. and secondly uh, even smaller teams uh claiming that they don't want to do crunch and that crunch is actually bad for us all or everyone right outside so i'm, I'm really glad we didn't uh, but it will, it's not our style. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've been working on other games as well. So I, uh, for sure. me, it's, uh, yeah, maybe maybe I'm in perpetual crunch mode. And at this point, <laughs> I'm just like cool with it. So I, but yeah, I'm, I'm fine uh, health-wise. <laughs> like I'm not going nuts, I, I hope. Um, yeah. That's like, it's okay. I'm not doing the like blink twice because somebody's making me say this. <laughs> um, how about you, John? What, what have you been into for weekly geekery then with your suddenly found free time? Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with something not video game related. Okay. Um, I'm a really big fan of um, board game. I okay. think if there's a whole new way of awesome board games that came out in the recent years, thanks to the starter. Uh, that that enabled uh, the audience to really say, yeah, we like those games to make more. Mm -hmm. And it's really different from Monopoly and from the old games we used to play when we were kids. Uh, nowadays, you have uh, JRPGs and um, uh, greedy um, um, figurines uh, uh, and campaigns. And, and it's really, really interesting. There's everything for all kind of uh, tastes. Um, and I, I've been playing, I've received a, a really cool Kickstarter, which is called Midara. Midara. Um, okay. It's a really cool game. It's actually, yeah, a JRPG uh, as a board game where you have four characters, uh, you play with them, you fight monsters on a huge map, you go through the world, uh, you build their character, you, and there is this huge story like the book uh, of the campaign of the game is really huge I've, i had never seen that before the figurines are really really cool um it's made by uh Succubus publishing i think 
if I remember correctly. Um, and it, it's really, really cool. I've been playing it with my five-year-old, uh, and he enjoys that a lot, a lot. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And it, it's actually as if I had a Final Fantasy game inside the board game that I can like take out and play, and it's really, really. Is it, is it a game that's like an ongoing game? Like each time you play, you're continuing the story exactly. of what you did yeah. before. Exactly. Awesome. That sounds super cool. I'll have to if you can message me like a link to that or something. I'll be sure to include I will. it in, a, in sure. the notes because that sounds right up the alley of of some of my uh, my my co contributors here at Geek to Geek. Probably not for me quite yet because eighteen months is probably a little young to to try and start the kiddo yeah. on that. But <laughs> he'll get there eventually. He plays Banjo-Kazooie. That's the one video game he plays because he's figured out where the jump button is. So he'll just take the controller and hit the jump button over and over again. Nice. <laughs> nice, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to get into here with you. Um, so the last thing I wanted to check in is I wanted to, to circle back to the game and have you, uh, I, I guess, Matt, this is probably more your side of things, but I'm curious about the three character system and where that idea kind of originated or rather how far into the process that originated hmm. okay so that originated um during the second prototype okay uh i i always think it's cool when a game like especially like a metroidvania style game uh, gives you the option of using different characters or using different characters on like subsequent playthroughs uh mm-hmm. like castlevania does that a lot so you know you beat the game as alucard then you you unlock the richter mode um and then, you know, it's it's like playing the game again as a different character. But I kind of thought that, like, if the game is big enough, it'd be weird to just include, like, characters, like, make the make the player play through the game over and over again. Um, and it just, like, I thought it would be cool to just be able to switch. Um, and then, yeah, so when I was working on the second prototype, uh, which was really weird looking, it was it was all kind of 16 by 16 sprites on, like, a, okay. like a very, like, zoomed out grid. Uh, and it was more like like more puzzly, I guess. Uh, that's where I, I thought of having three characters. Um, and at that point, you weren't actually able to switch. You just picked one, and then it was like divided into levels. Um, and then, yeah, I, I guess to answer the question like simply, it was just a leftover concept from that prototype. Uh, but it worked really well. Um, and then you know you you were able to like design kind of like. Um, like areas, like stuff that you couldn't pass that was in like your field of view that you had to switch characters and like teach the player that you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was kind of fun. Um, and like the idea about the campfires and, and stuff like that, like it all just kind of uh, organically came together. Um, but yeah, just, it's just cooler to have more characters to use and more variation, I think, than using the same character for, you know, 20 hours. Um, yeah, like for the, your whole time in a game. I, I am liking that system a lot. I started off playing as the the fighter. I'm terrible with their names, but I quickly switched to the rogue, and that has been just my standard since then. Okay. <laughs> it's really yeah. fun to see people enjoy different characters. Uh, I think what's really cool about Astanok is that, you, as Matt said earlier, you can pick your favorite one, basically, mm-hmm. and you have a chance to go from the start to the finish line basically using that character yeah. in all the main moments. I, I, there are some spots where you have to switch. It, it, it's one of the game's mechanics. 
Uh, but being able to choose your favorite character or play all of them or two of them uh, or any combination of them, uh, is, was really interesting to implement. Um, and we really, really made sure that each had its own uh, personality, uh, gameplay-wise, uh, and also inside the story. So you would, you could uh, pick your favorite one to play as. And I don't know, like everyone uh, we've talked with has its own choice uh, between the three characters, uh, and it's really, really fun because yeah. for the past three years, Matt and I don't agree. Uh, about which character is the best and which character is uh, our favorite one. So it's really fun to be to have that in the game, to have that option and that open. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and then other people that played the game, like um, th there's not like one unanimous character that's better than the others. Uh, it's it's cool to see that like people have different opinions and everyone has their own favorite character that like their go to. Um, so I, I think we did that. We handled that in a in a good way. Um, yeah, we, we actually work. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, nothing. I was just gonna say that there's not like one character that's designed to be better or more fun than the others. Uh, it's just a matter of like preference, uh, yeah. and and that that varies from what we can see. So that's 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 a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Having three characters was something that was like right from the beginning when I came up with the project. Matt had this prototype uh, made on other engine. Uh, and it already had those three, three characters and the death process. Right. Um, and then we built um, the whole death uh, deal system where you can uh, upgrade the game, basically upgrade your gameplay uh, when dying. Um, and at one point uh, we figured, uh, I think it was Matt's idea to push the, the three characters aspect a, a tiny bit further and to actually allow players to um, improve each character individually, uh, and it's really—it's a really cool idea. I think it, it, it opened up uh, a lot of options to make builds and stuff like that, and optimize. And uh, if you preferred one, I know that uh, when I play the first part of the game, I really enjoy doing it with uh, Argus, the mage, the wizard, the wizard. Uh, because it, it feels way more like a Mega Man character. You have this short burst, uh, it's, it goes through walls and it's really, really powerful and it helps out a lot. Um, and then if you're afraid of uh, commitment uh, and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, melee combat and being close to enemies, you can go to Yuli and uh, really go range. Uh, mm -hmm. And be safer, can uh, <laughs> uh, and I know players that really enjoy playing that way because they feel more comfortable with it, mm -hmm. uh, and that's really really interesting. It's true that at the at the beginning, uh, uh, ah yes, the fighter really more tricky to handle because it's so close to enemies, right. and it's so easy to get hit uh, when you're not careful. So yeah, it was really really interesting to have that in the game and to push it further and further and allow players to, to basically kind of make their own game inside the game and choose what they prefer over something that we would uh, impose would force on My question for you, John, is does having to plan for three characters make your job more or less than three times as hard? 
<laughs> Actually, it makes math work harder because we have to do all the animations three times. Uh, oh man! Yeah, so yeah. Basically, yeah. My job <laughs> at first was to get the physics right uh, and the mm -hmm. controls right, um, and we had a choice, a uh, uh, game design choice made really early on. Uh, that was to have. Uh, we debated a bit, but we chose to have all three characters have the same physics. Uh, right. They have the same size, they have the same speed. Um, uh, so what I needed to do was to have one character that could be displayed as several different personalities uh, with different weapons. So my job wasn't three times as difficult to do, uh, but we definitely had to plan, plan that ahead uh, to be able to have a modular uh, weapon system. Um, to be able to plug in different weapons stuff, uh, for each character. Um, and then visually for me, it's just a, a string change. I say display Arias instead, instead of displaying uh, Argus, and it's really easy. The hardest part was for Matt to design all those characters. And I kept, yeah. I, I kept asking him to make more uh, uh, emotion uh, animations for cutscenes and stuff. So for me, it was really fun. But but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, like like uh, coming from Castle in the Darkness, where the main character had like I, I think twelve frames of animation for the whole game, uh, and then here having like multiple characters with like a hundred each. Um, yeah, I, I was working on like character animations pretty much until like a, a couple months ago. Uh, th there was a lot of work, but I'm pretty happy with how they turned out. Like it's um, the animation is like. Pretty fluid uh, mm -hmm. and and really like like emotive um, for like an 8-bit kind of game. Uh, yeah, so I, I I think we made the right call with that. Um, it was a lot of work though. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did too. I think that this game succeeds really well because it looks and feels how I remember 8-bit games playing, not necessarily how they actually feel if you go back and play them, which I think is yeah. a real success really for, for a retro game. Yeah, I would agree. That's really interesting <laughs> because I've played old games recently, um, and they, some of them do not hold up very well. <laughs> and oh. some, some, someone said something about it was uh, an NES game, as if the NES was still around. Uh, maybe yeah. NES games could have evolved. Be, become like that, like a, a Shovel Knight, for example, which right. is also a great example of doing an NES game, right? Uh, and hopefully it will be yeah. as good as uh, a Shovel Knight. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think visually Matt pushed um, beyond the limits of the NES, which yeah. is really cool uh, because I like limitations, but uh, we felt early on that Matt needed to have some kind of freedom and not follow every rule of the NES or the <laughs> game wouldn't exist. Uh, yes. But the, we really try to have a modern gameplay, modern uh, feel to the game, to be able right. to exactly, as you said, uh, play a game as if it was uh, an old nostalgia game, but with a, the satisfaction and the, the pleasure of uh, today's game. 
Awesome. I think that's a good place for us to wrap up here. So uh, again, the game is called Aslan Tears of the Earth. It's uh, as of this posting, it'll be out on Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, and even Mac, I think I saw somewhere. Is that right? Yes, and Linux. And Linux as well. Yeah. Um, well, outstanding. Um, thank you both for, for spending some time with me here. I really appreciate it. It was really nice to get to know the two of you uh, and a little bit more behind the game. So I appreciate you coming by. Uh, is Twitter the best place for people to keep up with you if they want to see uh, future developments from Labsworks? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. That's, and it's yeah, that's... <laughs> Castle in the Darkness 2 is still in process, right? That is correct. Um, okay. With with Astalon gonna, like wrapping up now, um, we're gonna start showing more of that, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about everything we're doing so far, and there's more surprises in the future. So yeah, Twitter, please follow us. <laughs> I'll put links down below, but I think Matt, you're just Matt Cap, right, on Twitter? That's right. No, okay. Matt Cap one. Matt Cap one. Okay. Yeah. And John, how about you? Someone, someone beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my Twitter handle is John LePage Games. Uh, okay. Trade up. And you can all follow right. us at Labsworks. Uh, it's where all the labs information. Outstanding. I'll have links to all those in the show notes here. And again, thank you both for being here today. Any any last thoughts to share with anybody before we go? Well, hmm. thank you for having us. Yes, thanks, Troy. It was, it was a pleasure. Uh, this was a good way to start the day. <laughs> it was. And, uh... I I have to go back and do other work now that's a lot less interesting than this so <laughs> um all right then well uh thank you all for joining me and thanks for listening and until next time friends tap a and hope for the best hey bye Hello, friends. Welcome to turtle power presents power playthroughs project with turtle power i'm your host turtle power this is the podcast where we play games in a powerful way and we are today going to be checking out a little bit of uh, Astalon Tears of the Earth, um, which, there we go. No, 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 my, my controller connected. It's fine. We're good. We're good. Um, yeah, Astalon Tears of the Earth uh, is from uh, uh, Dengan Entertainment. Jeez, I couldn't think of it. Dengan Entertainment, the same publishers that made Smelter, which has been one of my favorite games of the year so far. So I'm really excited about this one. Um and it's basically, I mean, it, it looks kind of Castlevania-ish from what I've seen. Very cute uh, retro pixel art, which is always, uh, I would almost said a turn on for me, but it's not a turn on. That's, that's, that's overselling it a little bit. I just like old pixel art, okay? It's not anything weird about it. Um, right now we're just looking at a, a little, a little dude in the corner who's thinking of a bunch of items. I assume that's just our loading screen there. And uh, here we go, pixel anti-aliasing. Anti-aliasing, how the game is meant to be played. Softer pixels emulating an older television. Or you can go with no anti-aliasing. You can have anti-aliasing, soft anti-aliasing, or clean. We'll, we'll go the way it's meant to be played, which everything looks, it looks a little blurry, but that's how it's supposed to be. We're looking at a planet, year 21XX. A terrible disaster had befallen the planet. Because of a thirst for power, the world's kingdoms fought until nothing was left but dust. There's explosions happening all the planet and went from blue to red. Very few survived the catastrophe, now living in radioactive deserts and eating scraps to survive. The planet was dead. However, decades later, the ruins of the old world started to reappear. Like serpents, these ruins slithered out something and missed what it said there. Now three explorers investigate the cause of tainted water in hopes to save the people of their village. 
The search leads them to a dark tower upstream that seems to be seeping poison into the water. This is their story. Uh, Astalon, Episode 2, Tears of the Earth. If there was an Astalon Episode 1, I haven't played it. Oh no. Let's look it up real quick. Um, wow, this title screen is great. It shows the three adventures in the foreground all facing forward up these stairs into the castle. Hang on, let's let's Google real quick. Astalon. I, I intentionally didn't look up much about this because it just looked awesome to begin with, but... Um, everything I'm finding is about Astalon Tears of the Earth. I mean, it, it, I don't I don't know. It said episode two, but it looks like, I don't know. Anyway, we're gonna press any button. We can go to play secrets or options. Secrets just has uh, four, eight, plus five, 13 uh, orbs that are glistening and all say question marks when I highlight them. Then under options, game, I can choose language or delete all data. We've got controls, B for jump, A for attack, Y for power, and X for option. Under audio, there's volume levels. Under video, we've got the anti-aliasing options. And then under accessibility, we can turn off screen flash, screen shake. We can turn auto attack to either hold or off. I'm gonna leave that on hold. Aim help on, dash double tap is off, vibration is on. Good options there. Let's go ahead and start a new game. And we are into the thing. And the loading this time is a little blue knight uh, character running away from like a big Hippo-mouthed ghost, if you can imagine such a thing. Like, like a ghost with the mouth of a hippopotamus. Alright, there's our three adventurers. We traveled through hell to get here, but we finally made it. There's a yellow wizard, it looks like, a blue knight, and a red rogue. This cold tower. I can feel its evil energy in my soul, stabbing like shards of glass. We are tired, injured, and hungry, but we must continue forward. The lives of the people back home depend on us. But I have no one. Just a promise to a dead man and the ultimate dead. Uh, Algus says, at last we made it. This is our sorcerer guy. Apparently that's what they're going to sound like. I don't know if they're a guy or a girl, actually. Just one small thing to do first. And here's Kailu, who says, hey, Algus, what do you see in there? She's our uh, rogue. And he says, nothing. Don't come in yet. It's full of bugs and stuff. Aga says, they can't know yet. It's too soon. Here we go. This room will have to do. And they whip their staff into the air and cast a, some sort of spell that makes a sigil float. And there's energy crackling. And the room lights up. And Algus says, Arr! And in comes running Kilu, who says, Algus, are you okay? I'm fine. We just need to push forward. And then Algus whispers, Epimetheus, remember our pact. And then Knight comes in, whose name is Arius, and she says, This tower. We've only been here for mere seconds, but I already feel uneasy. I feel it too. But it looks like the poison is coming from here. If we can stop it, we can prevent the people in our village from getting sick. I want that too, of course, but this tower seems different than the other ruins. I can't put my finger on it, but it almost emanates strong, evil energy. I'm not worried, Kailu. My father was the famous crystal swordsman, remember? And as his only son, I can use this opportunity to become the hero that I was meant to be. Definitely thought that that was a female character. Oops. They're holding their sword in the air, and then 
uh, a bead of sweat comes down their face because they're a little embarrassed and Kaiwa says dot 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 and Alga says dot 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 and Arya says also Algus was dad's assistant right Al? and Al looks shocked and says assistant? you're kidding me <clears throat> enough let's look for some light we likely won't get far blundering through this darkness don't fall too far behind Arius. and they all set off and Arya says he treats me like a kid but he's not my father what was that? N nothing coming. All right, and now we're in control of Arius, and we can jump a little bit of a floaty jump. You can change direction in midair. I can swing my sword. Uh, looks like I don't have a power attack yet, so I can't do anything with that. Um, up in the top left, I can see my health, which is 30 HP. This is side-scrolling action here so far. We're climbing down a ladder, and uh, there's a locked door that requires a blue key. Uh, and something we can expect that says press B to jump. But if you press and hold, you'll jump even higher. All right. Very NES look to things so far. Um, up in the top left, there's also some sort of indicator that's a zero. I don't know what that's about. And then in the top right, there's key counters for white, blue, and red keys, which are all at zero. If you cannot accomplish something, this hint said, always turn to your friends for help. Each person has varying traits and skills. Anything is possible with teamwork. And so there's a fireplace here, or fireplace, a campfire here with uh, my other two characters sitting around. And I can press X up to save, which I did, and I unlocked uh, one of those secrets that says statistics. Look at various statistics of your playtime in Astolin, uh, which I can open from the main menu. I can't open it right now. But then I can also press X to switch character, and it switches to Al, and that switches to Kiari. I don't remember their names. I'm just making up names. Uh, I'm going to play as the Blue Knight for now, and we're going to go to the left on this screen and see what's up. Um, let's see. Inspect this sign. Those blue veins look like they would resist projectiles. A slashing weapon might help cover. A slashing weapon might help cut away through them. There we go. Yeah, I can slash those sword or those uh, vines up. Let's break a jar. Nothing exciting there. Hang on a second. All right, we're back, friends. Sorry about that. Had uh, family issues to take care of. Cutting through some vines here as we were before, jumping over a big old spike pit and stepping on a big orange button. And then we see the campfire where our friends are, and there's like a rock slide? Oh. Okay. So, friends, in order to tell you what just happened, I have to tell you a little detail that I didn't mention before, I don't think. Um, when we first entered the castle, in the background of the castle, there was what appeared to be statues of minotaurs um, that were probably four times as tall as my character. Give me just a moment. I'm uh, about to sneeze. Nope, I defeated the sneeze. Uh, anyway, there are statues that were, there were four, five, six, somewhere around that times as tall as my uh, characters. When I pressed that button, uh, a glowing eye appeared behind the campfire where my friends are, and there's a minotaur back there uh, who is many, 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 many times as tall, bleh, bleh, many times as tall as my character, so that's a little worrisome. Um, so from where we're at, we can go down a ladder, and we can go to the right side of the screen. I assume each of these is going to require a different character, but I'm just going to go down as my character. Okay. So I'm the night guy still, and I went down, and what I can see immediately is that this room has um, a couple of uh, obstacles that are big, like, demon stone statue faces in the wall, but they're colored orange. So I'm going to go up here, and I'm going to switch to my orange character, the mage-like character, who can jump, 
and can do ranged attacks with their staff. I'm going to drop down and inspect the sign. There's something strange about those black orbs. Maybe they can be struck through the wall with magic. Ah, so the the um the demon things, the demon statue things were holding orbs in their mouth and when I shoot them with magic, they get all glowy and raise some walls and I can go through and push a button. And then back to that uh, campfire scene and uh, another eye appeared, this one above the other. So this is a three-eyed minotaur it looks like. Climb up a ladder here and we'll switch to my roguish character who can jump and whoa shoot a bow very powerfully um only left and right though no angled shots no shooting your bow up let's check the sign <clears throat> the jump looks quite high a lighter person might be able to jump off of the wall to reach greater heights oh cool so she can do a little wall kick cool um her bow takes a second to like charge up all right, press on the last button, and more earthquaking, and a third eye appears on the creepy minotaur. Ooh, and then a like block with a lion face appeared next to the campfire, and that's underneath uh, where a broken ladder was. So now I can climb up that broken ladder. I'll head up here. There's occasionally these glowing, small glowing blocks. Oh, I can destroy them. Oh, they're just a bunch of, of, of money or whatever. Whoa, tons of money. So below my health, remember I said there was a, um, a counter that I didn't know what it was? That's, that's, I'm calling it a money counter right now. I don't know if it's actually money, but that's what the glowing blocks are. It's just when you hit them enough times, they explode out into a bunch of uh, glowy blue goodness. All right, climbed up into another room and the background's now lighting up and there's a red eyed face in front of an archway that has crawling people that are half lobster inside of it and then a big uh uh elevator cage thing appeared like a bird cage hanging in the background um but i can't seem to interact with it quite yet Hmm. Okay. But also opened up a new section of the screen I can go to. So I'm doing that here. Just uh, killed like a horned beetle enemy. There's the locked door. It requires a white key. Here's a snake that has a skull for a face. Let's shoot him a few times real quick. Okay. Can't go past that wall. So we'll go back the other direction. Ooh, there's a white key. There's also a button, but... The button I can't get to yet. I can clearly see that there's going to be two blocks that become a platform between me and that button, but they're definitely like built into the background right now. So I think what I've got to do, I use that white key, go into the room that was available to it, where there was a button, and stepped on it. Oh, and it made the uh, the pillar that I couldn't get past earlier next to that snake skull uh, disappear. So now I can go that direction. And eventually, I think I'm gonna find a button that will uh, make those 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 background object blocks become foreground object blocks, and then I'll be able to jump on them. Okay. So, ow. so far, um, it's more 
platforming than I think of when I think of like a Castlevania type game. Um, not not in a bad way. It's not a bad thing at all. But uh, ow, gosh. Okay, Skull Snake hurt me a couple times there. Um, like right now. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, there's a, a little challenge I had to do where there's a statue that spits magical orbs, and I had to drop down between its magical orbs spitting out, and then uh, run across the platform and drop off the other side where there's a spike trap that goes on the timer, so you have to make sure you hit the ground without hitting the spike trap. Oh, hey, in the next room there's another another campfire. Uh, we'll switch characters. Okay, interesting. My health carries over from character to character. Good to know. Um, I'm actually going to keep playing as my, my archer rogue then. Um, this looks like a boss fight room. Ooh, a purple uh, knight with horns appears. Um, oh gosh, friends, I'm going to be honest. It was actually yesterday that I recorded the first part of this episode. I don't remember what my voices for the characters were. Anyway, this is Arius. The blue knight says, Kailu, are you all right? She stands back up. And then Arya says, hey, what's your problem? And Alga says, this is no place for mortals. What is your business here? And the Black Knight says, at last. At last, the culmination of all my efforts is at hand. What is he talking about? Listen, we're only here to save our village. We don't want any trouble. The water's poisoned. People are getting very sick. Can you help us? And an energy appears around the Black Knight, and he says, You and your people, you deserve this fate. Do you see, my lords? They've sent champions. <laughs> Our people are dying. What is so damn funny about that? The Echo responds to the call. You are all scum. And then August says, who are you? No matter, this will be over soon. It was time for me to take control and rid this planet from the scourge of mankind. So it was you. You did this to the water? To the people of our village? And there's purple energy flying up the screen now. Yes, it was I. <laughs> How could you? Even children were poisoned. The Black Knight floats into the air, his sword still stuck into the ground, but he's floating into the air, surrounded by a sphere of purple energy. And then his sword shakes, 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 and flies up into his hand. A small price to restore purity. To restore balance. He, he's gone mad. Ooh. Ooh, that was a new voice for Algus, but I like it. Mad? No. My mind is clear. And then it showed his face like up close for just a second, and now it's back to this view. And August has run forward and put his uh, staff up in the air. And he says, "Stay back! This man lives in the tower with the Gorgons. He's dangerous." My lords, do you hear? Take the souls of these fools as tribute. All right, you're our target now. We'll stop you at any cost. And he slowly floats back down to the ground. You cannot change the course of destiny. Accept your fate. You... You accept yours. Good comeback. And the Blue Knight runs forward, but then the Black Knight reaches his hand up and a glowing red shaft of light appears and picks up Arius into the sky and he disintegrates. Whoa. 
uh, Arius, no! And and she runs forward, and the Black Knight grabs her out of the air, and he says, Such courage, and yet so weak. And Alga says, Let her go! As he prepares a rune. Um, oh my god. The Black Knight just stabbed her through with his big sword. And now he's picking up Algus from a distance, using the force or whatever, and shooting him with lightning. And he goes to the ground, and he's kneeling, and he says, No! They were children! What have I done? Epimetheus, what of our pact? And he slumps over. Uh, dead. And the Black Knight laughs as the screen fades to black. The end, I guess. Um, white text on a black screen. Is this what it feels like to die? And then a rune appears. And then a sphere appears, and another sphere with a skeleton inside of it, and then the skeleton becomes musculature, and then it becomes my wizard man. Holy smokes. And there's a big old creepy demon monster uh, with red sinew and stuff all over him. He's like a mountain of muscles and body parts, and uh, our, our wizard is standing in front of him who says, Epithemus, Epithemus. Epimetheus? Epimetheus! Have I died? And Epimetheus says, Indeed, you and your comrades have perished in the Tower of Serpents. No, I failed. Get up. I shall send you back. Or have you forgotten our pact? I help you fulfill a promise, and you bestow upon me your soul. A foolish barter, I must say. <laughs> But my power is not yours to exploit. I grow ever impatient with you, Algus. Once you and your friends succeed in the Tower of Serpents, I will collect your soul. I don't care about my fate. Take me back. Very well. Is there anything else? And it says new deals are available. Okay. Um, okay, so... Wow. There's a whole bunch of stuff in this menu. The things that are available to me, because a bunch of stuff is grayed out, are the three characters, Algus, Arius, and Kailu. Uh, and then it says health up is 40. Inner fire one is 60. Oh, and I see I've got 92 currency to spend. So so that uh, those those blue orbs I've been collecting are currency, and you come and spend them here when you die. I'm going to ask about Algus. Ah. So I can raise the strength of the character, the defense, the attack speed. Uh, the Arcanist gains magic experience, plus 30% missile size. Or the Shock Field, a successful hit leaves a small field damaging enemies for a short time. And Meteor Rain, summon the power of Cosmos, which costs HP to use. Cool. So each of them has three special abilities that I can get along with defense, strength, and attack speed. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy health up one, because it's only 40. And that'll apply to everybody, I think. Max HP plus one. Cool. And then there's health up two is 50. And I can't afford anything else, so we'll buy that as well. All right. Uh, this is cool. All right. Back out of there, and we come back to life at the front of the uh, the 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 castle, the tower, in the room that had those Minotaur statues. At last, we made it? Mm hmm, it's just Algus. I'm back. 
alive? Wait, where are they? He looks around, and then Kailu says, Hey, Algus, what do you see in there? Kailu, I'm so happy to hear your voice. Is Arius with you? What? Of course I'm here. You saw me two seconds ago. Uh, yes, you're right. What's going on? Nothing, come here, it's safe. And Kailu comes running in, and there's Arius running in, and she says, Wait, I feel strange. And then Arius says, Have we been here before? And Algus says, Da da da. And then whispers and says, There's no need to burden them with my past. I'm living on borrowed time, after all. Hey, Algus, is something wrong? You're acting weird. No, 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 it's nothing. We should hurry forward. The sooner we finish here, the sooner we can go home. And they go running off to the right, into the tower. Hurry, we don't want to fall behind. Cool. That's a... That's a pretty neat system. And and so the things we did before are still here. Um, the... the uh, like the elevator thing that we started to unlock is still visible. We can still go into the next screen. Let's see if the buttons are still pressed. The buttons are still pressed. So everything you've done within the world of the game, or within the world of the tower, stays. Um, narratively, your characters just don't remember what's happened. That's interesting. That's interesting. That's a fun hook. It's not a roguelite, it's just... Huh. I mean, like, like it's, it's not a roguelite, because from a gameplay perspective, like, your progress totally saves. But the way that you get character upgrades in this game is that when you die, you're given the opportunity to buy upgrades, and then narratively what happens is you start the run over. So it is, I don't know. It's weird. It's like borrowing a roguelite idea in order to... and then applying it to a totally non-roguelite gameplay. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm my archer still, but her attack, it's really kind of slow. I like that she has uh, the wall jump, but it really takes a long time to get an arrow off here. Um, I went past the room where the Black Knight murdered us all. Uh, I'm into the next room now. I'm just seeing if I can get to... Uh, Anything. Ooh, there's there's some of those hippo monsters. Wow. There's a lot going on in this room. Okay, there's a spiky eye monster on the ceiling. He tries to shoot at me when I run beneath him. Let's see what the sign said. It is said that the souls of the living can manifest as glowing blue oil or orbs. They're not always possible for everyone to see. So the money I'm collecting is the souls of the living? Um. Okay. There's a bunch of hippo monsters, hippo ghosts in this room. I'm just gonna skip past that. Ooh, there's a scroll up in the sky. Not in the sky, on, on the second level of this room. That seems worth picking up. Um, most of these rooms, if not all of them, are single screens. So uh, you're just looking at like one room of obstacles and enemies at a time. And uh, I, I really like this so far. It's a Linus, Linus's map. Uh, press the minus button. There we go. Okay. So, uh, this is the tower map, and uh, we have explored 3% of the tower, it looks like, so far. Um, uh, it marks the, where the players, where campfires are, where elevators are, and the area we're in right now is marked in light blue, 
whereas the areas at the start are marked in dark blue. So I'm guessing that's how it's uh, delineating um, different uh, like regions of the map. Um, cool. So so a Metroidvania-esque platformer with a uh, Castlevania side of things aesthetic in terms of like, you know, creepy gothic castle where you upgrade your characters when you die and you have three characters that you can swap between each of whom is specialized for different particular tasks in the environment um and that's that's a that's a little bit of aslan here um i i'm i'm enjoying okay don't die <laughs> got hit by a hippo ghost um i'm enjoying this a lot Ooh. okay gotta jump over Ow! White energy orbs that are spitting at me. Uh, ow, no, 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 I'm down to six health. Um, I'm enjoying this a lot so far. This is, this is, this is gonna be a really fun one, I can tell. Uh, like I said, the last game that I got from Dangan Entertainment was, uh, uh, Smelter, which is one of my favorites of the year so far. And, um, I mean, obviously this is an early preview of this game, but so far, uh, I can totally see this one being up there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, just, just playing, ooh, collapsing bridge. You gotta have a collapsing bridge, right? Ah, there's a door that's locked and it requires a red gorgon eye in order to open. Well, I think I saw that red gorgon eye earlier, but it was in a room I couldn't get to. Ouch, down to one health. All right, well, maybe we'll just, uh, yep, we're gonna just die. Uh, that, that'll be the conclusion to our episode, is that we'll die again and go to the upgrade, uh, field. Um, Epiphany says, you have not yet fulfilled your promise. I will send you back. Is there anything else? And then I get the chance to buy upgrades. But I only have 29 souls right now, which is not enough to buy upgrades. Uh, so we end up back at the front of the castle. I just want to see if it does more text on it or nope, we just start off this time. So cool. Uh, well, that's a, a little bit of uh, let me just make sure I've got the full game right. Um, yeah. Astalon, Tears of the Earth. Um, thank you again to Dangan for providing me a copy of this to check out. I'm very excited to keep playing it here. Uh, yeah, so that's that's that. And until next time, friends, tape and hope for the best. If you enjoyed my show, it would mean a lot if you would rate and review it on iTunes, share it on social media, or check out my Patreon. You can find all of my stuff at troidalpower.carrd.co. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. Hey everyone, Scott here with my good pal Rich. Say hi, Rich. Hi. And we're here today to tell you about a podcast we host together with our buddies Jay and Bill. The RPG After Years. The After what? The RPG After Years. Our show has entered into a new era of covering everything RPGs, both old and new. Thus, it is after its first era. It's the After Years. I thought RPG was Rocket Propelled Grenade. No, RPG stands for Role Playing Game. It's a genre of video game. Every week, we go through the latest news and discuss other relevant RPG related topics. We also review RPGs as we complete them. 
So an RPG is not a rabid Portuguese goose? No, thank God. From Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy to The Witcher and Cyberpunk, we've got RPGs covered from the dawn of time to the far-flung future. Oh, I've heard of Final Fantasy. I'd hope so. So check us out on iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast listening platform happens to be. You can also find us at probablywork.com. Level up your podcast feed with the RPG After Years. Enjoy the show. <laughs>